Welcome into the informal program, and congratulations to the Cleveland Cavaliers on winning the Eastern... Oh, for crying out loud, guys. It's one game. Stop this. They're going to the finals again. Oh, cut it out, please. Live from a city in Southern California, this is the informal program. Here's your host, Daniel West. I don't know where to begin the show today. We got... Coming up, uh, the best story you probably haven't heard in the world of sports, Alex Bowman. We'll get to him. A great hypothetical question about the Olympics and a 40-year tradition, an American tradition, that was on the verge of not happening until corporate America stepped in and saved us. That's all coming up on the informal program today. I'm Daniel. Dave is out today. He's on vacation. Uh, Texted me before the show and said, uh, he, where is he? He's in San Diego this week, and he said, uh, let me get the, the, the tweet here he sent me. He said, uh, do you have the tweet, John? John doesn't have the tweet. We'll get to the tweet at some point in the show once uh, John finds it. But we'll begin with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, I know I mentioned before that we were going to avoid the content harvest of C- Cleveland Cavaliers drama, but this is a little different because there are not very many Cavs left from that previous team. <laughs> They said they blew it up at the trade deadline on Thursday. That that that's a I don't think that's the right word. I think laid waste would be the proper word. Six players gone, four come in. We heard the trade. We woke up a day or two days after the show and John's flipping more tables. He's upset because Jordan Clarkson got traded from the Lakers along with Larry Nance Jr. They got George Hill and uh, that other guy. Who else did they get? John's looking at me. I don't remember his name, man. Rodney Hood, thank you. See, you you don't have to yell on the show. You can talk through feedback. You don't have to. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us. For those of you watching on uh, the Network of Obscure Broadcasting, hi. I'm waving at you right now on the camera right here. Yeah, Dave's out today. Mr. Smooth from our affiliate station, uh, Smooth Jazz 23.5 is in. And despite his radio training, doesn't want to talk on the show. So it'll be just John whenever he steps out and wants to say something on the air. And he has his factoids. Anyway. Let's get back to the Cleveland Cavaliers. What was going on? I'm I'm serious. Like listening to the players, so you had Isaiah Thomas leave, you had Dwayne Wade leave. It sounded like I don't I'm not trying to be entirely funny here, but it sounded almost like people coming out of a cult, the kind of stuff that they're saying. Like Isaiah Thomas, oh I got my powers back. Dwayne Wade dancing on social media. He's going back to Miami. Jay Crowder. Got traded to the Jazz. He said, hey, I'm having fun playing basketball again. What was going on in Cleveland? I'm really curious. It was not good. The general manager said, hey, uh, we were we were on a slow death march. The general manager of the Cavs said, yeah. Anyway, I don't think that deserved a hey. That's just my personal opinion. But you don't have to listen to it. So they're gone. And then they played... On Sunday, and they beat the Celtics, which led to the uh, open that Dave wrote before he went on vacation about congratulating the Celtics, or excuse me, the Cavs on winning the Eastern Conference. Which I don't, I don't. We'll see, but that didn't look good. I'll tell you that right now. If you're, if you are the Raptors, if you're the Celtics, just like a, a sense of doom and dread just kind of came over the arena at halftime. I'm sure it's like, oh no, we had a chance, folks. Now they're back. They reloaded. So we'll see. The funniest thing I think about this whole trade deadline thing, and I, I know we're kind of talking from inside, so for those of you joining us, it's like, what's the trade deadline? What's going on? All right, just a quick refresher, because 
we do this show for sports fans and non-sports fans because, you know, we, we don't claim to know everything and be elitist here on the show. Or at least I don't. Dave maybe does. I don't know. Anyway, we love you, Dave. Okay, do we have the tweet here quickly before we get to the trade deadline thing here? Yeah. He said, uh, I had to make sure my battery was fully charged and... This is half the tweet. Can you get the other half? Thank you, John. At some point, we're going to get the whole tweet that that Dave sent out. Anyway, back to the show. So the trade deadline in the NBA, about halfway, a little bit more than, well, not quite halfway. No, I think we are. Anyway, around the halfway point of the season, you can, there's a trade deadline. So you cannot trade players from one team to another. And so for the, the week leading up to that deadline, players just go back and forth between teams and they try to make final deals before you can't basically adjust your roster anymore. Although a lot of players are having the rest of their contracts bought out and they're going from team to team. So that's that's the background of this. What The funniest thing about this is now suddenly everyone is saying, hey, Jordan Clarkson's a pretty good basketball player. Larry Nance Jr., where did these guys come from? They've been on the Lakers doing pretty well for the last four years. I don't know if you've been paying any attention. That's That's the funniest thing about the trade deadline. It's like the East Coast just finds like a gold nugget. Hey, look what I discovered, a Larry Nance Jr. Yeah, we, we knew. He's, he's pretty good. He dunks the basketball? Jordan Clarkson? He can handle the ball? He can shoot? That's just my reverse East Coast bias coming out. I don't East Coast is uh, East Coast is wonderful, but like, get out of your bubble, please. I remember, this is a side, side note, but it talks about East Coast bias, which is what we're talking about here. I remember I was listening to a radio show. We'll remain nameless because we don't want to rat out other radio shows. But I remember a few years ago, show based out in New York, someone legitimately asked, uh, was Oregon a city in Washington? Because Oregon was doing well in football, and they said, well, is that a separate state or is that a part of Washington? So sometimes I think people need to get out a little bit more. Now, here on the West Coast, we have to. have to get up at... Nine in the morning to watch all those great noon sporting events on the East Coast. Anyway, so all that to say, yes, East Coast, Eastern Seaboard, New York, all those, yeah, Boston, yes, Larry Nance Jr. is a very good basketball player. Jordan Clarkson's a very good basketball player. I'm glad you just discovered them. The Lakers have known they're good for a while, and that's why they traded them. Isaiah Thomas coming back the other way to the Lakers, he said his powers were restored. He looked like a healed man. Lakers lost to the Mavericks, and people are talking about the defense of the Lakers, which they should, but honestly, let's be real for a minute. Dirk Nowitzki is seven feet, and Isaiah Thomas is guarding him. I was just like, don't do this. No, no. Like, Dirk didn't even have to jump. I know Dirk's old. Dirk did not even have to jump. He could have just shot the ball with one hand over Isaiah Thomas, who's at at 5'9". So the defense is a concern, but that was a different Isaiah Thomas. That was Boston Celtics first few rounds of the playoffs before they got destroyed by the Cavaliers, Isaiah Thomas. Thank you. I'm getting a lot of those today. John's laughing behind the glass. Yeah, and, and for those of you who can can see us now, you understand why. Some people were, were, were tweeting in and texting the show, why is John talking when he's supposed to be behind the glass? There's a little silent door he can open anytime he wants to yell out stuff. So there you have it, the more you know. We don't have the more you know sound, sound back from NBC. So that's the trade deadline. That's about all we're going to cover the trade deadline this year. Um, I mean, other moves were made. No, I, I did have one more thing to say, actually, about that. 
Now, of course, the big debate is, oh, will LeBron go? Speaking of the content mine, this one is a classic. Where will LeBron go in the offseason? Now, I think the GM of the Cavs, the general manager, Kobe Altman, who talked about getting thrown into the fires, hey, LeBron's in his contract year. Go run the team. I think he made he made up for his mistake, first of all, because he assembled that team that was on a slow death march and no one wanted to play on. And everyone, now that they're gone from it, seemed to be spilling beans talking about how terrible it was. He made up for that. But more importantly, I think what he did was he brought the team that LeBron would leave for. So what I mean is everyone's saying, where is LeBron going to go? Oh, he's going to go to the 76ers. He's going to go to the Rockets. He's going to go to the Lakers. And, okay, outside the Rockets, the 76ers and the Lakers, why would he go there? Well, there's youth, and he can go get superstars and all that. So what did the Cavaliers gym do? He said, hey, you're LeBron, you want some youth? Hey, bring in Jordan Clarkson. Let's bring in Rodney Hood. Let's bring in Larry Nance Jr. Pretty smart. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't know where he's going. I don't care where he's going necessarily. I mean, unless he comes to the Lakers or Clippers, I wouldn't mind that. But uh, be humble. Thank you. Yeah, you pressed the wrong run, John. Anyway, so that's LeBron James and the NBA trade deadline. And I don't think anything interesting happened outside of that. Maybe I'm missing something, but uh, that was that was the main move. I mean, some some minor minor moves were made, and they still have that Brooklyn Nets pick, which means that see that's the other thing I forgot about that. They have the Brooklyn Nets pick. So they could pick potentially very high in the draft and get a new young player for LeBron. And maybe they'll sign someone in the offseason. I don't know. Or maybe they've signed a bunch of people. All right. So there's a better chance of him staying. Now that was the big story. But before that, we had Josh McDaniels, coach of the Indianapolis Colts for about four hours. That's a great story. I saw that story. I said, this is, this is my kind of sports story here. Josh McDaniels. Former offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. Well, he is now, but in the story. Former offensive coordinator. He goes to the Denver Broncos. They fire him halfway through the year because he wasn't very good. He comes back to the Patriots after a few more trips. He leads them to whatever they did these past few years. They win a Super Bowl, all that. The Colts say, hey, Josh McDaniels, come coach the team. He says, all right, that sounds good to me. And then... That evening, before he's going to be announced, on the on the Colts' Twitter, it says, Welcome our new head coach, Josh McDaniels, press conference on Wednesday. And then I'm walking, I'm taking a walk, and I go by a barber shop. And I see this headline on the screen, breaking news, Josh McDaniels steps out. So he said, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're not doing that. I'm not, I'm not going to become the head coach of the Colts, please. Now, there are rumors that the Patriots... Management, Bill Belichick, head coach, owner Robert Kraft, all got together and said, uh, hey, we'll sweeten the deal for you if you stay here. Okay, now I don't have a problem with guys backing out. Here's what I do have a problem with. Because at first when I heard the story, I'm like, that's kind of funny. They, you know, it's, it's a good humor sports story. Then I heard they already have other coaches in place who he hired and brought in. What? Yeah. So that's like me back last year when I got the chance to host the informal program. I say, yeah, I'll host the show. I bring John in as the engineer. I bring Dave, wherever Dave is in San Diego. But I bring Dave in as the producer. And then I say, you know, no, no, actually, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. 
Now, the thing is, Josh McDaniels did not sign a contract yet. The coaches had. So Josh McDaniels said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out. But the coaches had signed the contract. So now the situation, as we have uh, Frank Reich, the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, coming from the offensive coordinator position in the Eagles, he comes in with a staff that's not even his. So essentially it's like someone comes in and they host the informal program, and now they have to deal with Dave and John, who they did not hire. This is a terrible situation. And that's when it went from just slightly humorous to that's kind of a jerk move. And for a guy who had to rebuild his coaching and NFL equity because of the mess he made with the Broncos, he wasn't very liked there. That was early in my football watching, but I remember they weren't very good. He was a really young head coach, and it's like, why did he get this job? He was like the reverse Sean McVay, like everything that went poorly. Uh, For him, would would have been good for Sean or the other way around. So, yeah, not good. Not good at all. All right? That's just not, that's just not, you can't do that. You can't do that. All right? So Josh McDaniels, people are saying this might be kind of the end of his head coaching deal because uh, you, you can't do that. All right, so so kudos on the Colts, I guess, for saying, hey, you know what, we're going to honor these contracts because you guys have moved your family to Indianapolis to coach this team with not Josh McDaniels now. Credit to Frank Reich for coming in and saying, yeah, all right, I, these aren't my guys at all. I don't know them, but I'll work with them. But what a messy situation, man. So Josh McDaniels is he's staying with the, uh, the uh, Patriots. And he'll probably end up taking over for Bill Belichick at some point in the future because uh, things aren't necessarily great there. We'll be back on the informal program after this. Well, Dave wrote the script before he left, and uh, it's a good thing he did because he put it on a calendar. He put the script on a calendar, and he put his vacation on a calendar, and that's why you should use calendars. I'm looking at one right now here in the studio. We use them here on the informal program. Calendars are wonderful things. They're digital. You can use one on your phone. Or if you're an old school pen and paper person, you can get a a paper calendar like we have on the wall. You can keep track of dates. You know when the holidays are. You know when you have to pay your bills. How in the world are you going to live in the 21st century not knowing what day it is? Not knowing five weeks ahead. Not knowing your future. Your calendar is your future. Time is life time is money. So go pick up a calendar and we thank them for being a part of the show. We got a calendar in the mail. They sent it to us and we started using it. So check out calendars and thanks to Dave and calendars for writing such a good script. And now it is time for the news with Bagman. Is that what we're doing here? Bagman's news report is shorter. Apparently that's what uh, Mr. Smooth is telling me. So I have to fill for a few more seconds. Now, thank you to calendars. And here's Bagman. And now, his pre-recorded news report. Here's Bagman. Good evening. I come to you live from the beaches of Sacramento. <clears throat> that was a joke. Jimmy Garoppolo getting paid $48.7 million for his first two years to throw football for the San Francisco 49ers. A pug, a Bichon Freeze, a Bozoy, or Bozoy, and a Collie all advanced in the National Dog Show Finals. And congratulations to Chloe Kim, who wins the snowboarding gold in the Olympics. You can follow the informal program at the informal program on Instagram, Twitter.com, slash informal program, and you can subscribe on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Now, 
back to the show. There is a lot here on our wall of content that we may or may not get to. Just tons of stuff. Beanie Factoids coming up in just a few minutes here. Before that, though, got to talk about Alex Bowman because it is NASCAR season. John was kind of joking last week. He didn't want to discuss NASCAR, but we all kind of like NASCAR because if you're around me, you kind of just are by osmosis. You learn about NASCAR. And at some point, I would like to do a show where we get in questions from the listeners and they talk about NASCAR. That would be fun because people have a lot of questions about NASCAR. One of the questions I get most often is how much of it is car and how much of it is driver? Well, we're going to find out with Alex Bowman. He's a 25-year-old from Arizona. And essentially, just in five minutes, because I know a lot of you aren't NASCAR fans, this is his career arc. He's very good at driving cars of all different disciplines in the United States. I think he does midgets, which is like very small type cars. He's, I think he does dirt. Uh, I, I don't want to get the story wrong. But the point is, he drives all over the country. Eventually, he makes the decision and says, yeah, I want to be a NASCAR. Now, a lot of the talent of a driver depends on the car because you can only have, you know, you can only do what the equipment allows you to do. So he goes and races in the lower divisions for some teams that are not very well funded. And quite frankly, the cars aren't that fast. And so he's toiling around there. Eventually he makes it to the, the cup series, the top division of NASCAR. The other division are kind of like, you know, minor league baseball, the minor leagues. He makes it to the top division of NASCAR and he's racing for a team that, yeah, they're okay. He races a couple years there. Then it doesn't work out and he leaves. He still thinks he's a talented driver. He just hasn't had the opportunity. So he takes a job with, is that a bell? What's going on back there? Oh, he's checking his emails. All right, he's not even, Mr. Smooth isn't even watching the show or listening to the show. Either one. Anyway, thank you. You can stop that. He's good. Thumbs up. Great working with you, by the way, sir. Yeah, all right. You'd think a radio guy would want to talk a little bit more, but no, he's good. So anyway, where are we in the Alex Bowman story? So he goes and ends up with Hendrick Motorsports, which is the Yankees of NASCAR. Not as a driver, but as a simulator driver. So essentially, they get him in a, a giant pod. Think kind of like VR, like that kind of thing. He's in a, he's in a simulator car. He's in a digital race car, but they set it up so it's like a real race car and they get to test stuff out. He's a simulator driver. Last year, no, two years ago, 2015, Dale Earnhardt Jr. just says, you know what, I've got concussion problems, I'm having problems seeing, uh, balance issues, I'm going to step out of the car. So about a third of the way into the year, Dale Jr. steps out of the race car. They said, hey, who's going to drive this car? Jeff Gordon? has retired. He's like, I'm not going to do this, although he did do part of it. And Junior says, hey, what about Alex Bowman? So Alex Bowman, who's right now a simulator driver, who's never had a, a great car in his time in NASCAR, even though he might be a talented driver, he gets put in Dale Jr.'s ride. He goes out, he has some pretty good races. Even though he didn't finish well, he showed promise. You know, he had a mechanical issue, tire blew, something out of his control, you know, got caught up in a wreck. But he's pretty decent. He's from Phoenix, Arizona, so the second-to-last race of the year is in Phoenix. He wins the pole. He's the fastest driver in qualifying. He almost wins the race. He finishes sixth. Dale Jr. announces last year, I'm going to step away from NASCAR. I'm going to retire. He goes into TV. 
They do kind of a, a, a search to find the next driver. And Junior said, hey, what about that Bowman kid? So Alex Bowman has now gone from bad race cars to not even racing but driving a simulator to filling in for Dale Jr. to actually taking over for Dale Jr. Now that leads us to Daytona last week or over the weekend. Alex Bowman has won the poll for the Daytona 500. So how about that for a story, first of all? So he is the guy. So when you ask, is it driver? Is it equipment? We're going to find out because Alex Bowman is going to really be the first guy I, I can ever think of at, at this level, and it's such a stark contrast to really be a guy who's done both. He's been in some poor cars, and he's going to fill in for Dale Jr. and going to drive a car, in the Daytona 500 at least, that is probably the best in the garage. So watch Alex Bowman. If you're ever curious, if you're not even if you're a NASCAR fan, not even if you're, you're in racing, follow Alex Bowman this year, number 88, because he's going to be the guy who's going to prove the theory. Is it car or is it driver? We're going to find out. How much of it is the car? How much of it is the driver? Here's a driver, maybe kind of unknown. He's going to step in a great car, so we'll see. That was beautiful. Thank you. And now, because he's looking at me funny, let's get to Beanie Factoids. And now, it's time for Beanie Factoids. Here's John Beanie. Yeah, we changed the openings just a little bit so we don't have to waste so much time introducing people, and we can just get to it. Number one. All right, here we go. Number one, uh, speaking of NASCAR, there will be no beer sponsors in the Daytona 500. What? Yeah, this is shocking. Kevin Harvick, usually sponsored by uh, Bush, will be sponsored by Jimmy John's and Brad Keselowski. Is that how you say it? Oh, come on. You watch the race with me. Yeah, I think that's a Keselowski. Usually sponsored by Miller Lite will be sponsored by Discount Tires, which means there will be no beer sponsors in the Daytona 500. What? That's shocking. All right. Uh, number two. Number two. Steve Kerr has won his 250th game as a head coach. <laughs> and he celebrated by letting Draymond Green, David West, and Andre Iguodala Coach the Warriors. Really? Yeah, so on the sidelines, during timeouts, he just sat down and... Oh, for crying out loud. Yeah. That was good, wasn't it? No, that was terrible. Anyway. Uh, yeah, his 250th straight win as uh, he won that. So, yeah, so David West coached it, but Draymond Green was the main head coach. He ran the timeouts and all that, and uh, David West said after the game he, he liked the young guys. Number three. Can you, wait a minute, hold on. Can you imagine Draymond Green as a head coach? <laughs> oh man that would be fun yeah that how many at this point how, like how long would it take him before he got enough technicals to get suspended draymond green is a head coach that's a terrible idea yeah charles barkley doesn't think that's uh such a great idea okay m move i just thought of that yeah is it your segment or my segment i'm sorry i just thought of it number three number three uh speaking of nascar man this is a nascar centric report um this is why I wanted to talk about now, not last week. I think you're trying to. Got to get it all out now. Anyway, uh, so, should I play the sound again? No, just continue the report. We know it's number three. Okay. Uh, you, you teased this earlier in the show. The streak will continue. Thank you. That was... No, I'm not finished. You always do this. You're like, oh, you didn't say it. And then I actually say it. The streak will continue. For the 40th straight year, a driver from the Earnhardt family will compete in the Daytona 500. Yeah. 
Uh, of course, you, you heard about the sad passing of Dale Earnhardt Sr. in 2001. His son, Dale Earnhardt Jr., uh, continued on the legacy from 2001 until last year, driving uh, either the number eight or the number 88 car. And now it passes over to Jeffrey Earnhardt, who is the nephew of Dale Earnhardt, because the Earnhardts have a lot of children. Number four. Oh, this is a great story. This, this is my favorite factoid of the week. Uh, Wikipedia has changed both the Patriots and Nick Foles' pages, so it now says the owner of the Patriots is Nick Foles. That's a master troll right there. That's a great job. That really is. Number five. Oh, boy. Number five, ABC uh, Chicago affiliate WLYS, uh, I believe, uh, is embroiled in scandal in the Olympics because during a, a graphic that was supposed to say Pyeongchang, it actually said P.F. Changs. Oh, for crying out loud. No, I'm serious. Apparently, it was a part of a satirical uh, uh, sketch that was supposed to air where fans were supposed to uh, write in with like their favorite fictional Olympic events, but uh, it, it turned out very poorly. Talk about shocking. Indeed. And those are the Beanie Factoids. Thank you. That, that was by far. Can we give him a hand? Do we have a hand to give him here? Mr. Smooth, just clap for him here. Good job. Yeah, he, he talked. Mr. Smooth just said something. And now he's embarrassed. Okay. That was the smoothest beanie factoids that we've ever had. All right. So as we wrap up on the show here today, last thing I wanted to pay off before we get to some uh, quick uh, hotline stuff. We had people write in. Uh, here's a question I want to have, and I want to open this up. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. Maybe we'll talk about it off air. Maybe we'll put it online. I was just thinking about this because I was watching the opening ceremonies over the weekend. We haven't talked about the Olympics, but we've been into it around here on the show, just watching stuff. If you could, if you knew that you would qualify, would you feel comfortable and would you compete for another country besides your country of origin? I'm just curious. Or, or the country you feel most attached to, the, the most with, you know? If that makes sense. I asked that because we had the Nigerian bobsledders. Someone else, I can't remember where they're from, but they're, they're shooting or they're competing for another country than the country they were born in or the country they, you know, mostly mainly identify with. I'm just curious. How would you feel about that? We don't have to do it here, but for the listeners of the show, I think we're going to put that online and, and talk about it a little bit. I think that would be very interesting. All right, let's go to the hotline real quick here. Uh, this is a great, great thing right here. Brad in Houston says the Cavs did to the Celtics on Sunday what the Cavs did to their own roster over the weekend. That's a good one. Uh, someone writing in saying, Daniel looks very different than I expected for those of you watching on the uh, Network of Obscure Broadcasting. Yes, yes, I do. Uh, okay, here's one. Phil in Philadelphia says, no mention of Malcolm Butler Zach Ertz, Justin Timberlake, or the Tide Guy. What kind of Super Bowl post-show was that? Okay, so they're talking about the last show. That's true. That's fair. We got a little sidetracked, okay? Malcolm Butler, no idea why he didn't play in the game. Justin Timberlake, eh, it was an okay halftime show. Zach Ertz was great. The Tide Guy won the Super Bowl. The Eagles and the Tide Guy won the Super Bowl. That's what we're doing here. I feel like we missed something on the show, but I don't know if we did. Did we? Oh, Dave's tweet. All right, here it is. Dave's tweet from uh, San Diego. He said, I had to make sure that my battery was full and I cut my hair because I cannot find any clippers or chargers in San Diego. Oh! 
Wow. We'll see you next time on the informal program. Take care. Stay safe. Bye. Thank you to Calendars for keeping us informed of what's happening here on the informal program. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Mr. Smooth, the silent yet smooth-voiced producer for filling in, and for John for doing that. Next week on the show, I don't know what we're going to discuss. Well, we're going to discuss the Daytona 500, of course. We have to. Is there anything we got, uh, didn't get to on the show that you want to talk about, John? I'm looking at the wall of content here. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, we thought they might win the East because they beat the Celtics, but uh, that, that looks like old news. Yeah, old or fake news. One of those two. Anything else here? Uh, Mr. Smooth, anything you wanted to say? Oh, you dogs got paid a lot of money. Uh, but there's still a lot of free agents in baseball. Yeah, there's, someone's got to do something about that free agent thing. That's that's a bit ridiculous. Uh, they're like, Jake Arrieta is still unsigned. The dude has, what, two career no-hitters? How is he still unsigned? Anyway, we'll see you next week. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you. Bye.